Hello, my beautiful people. You are tuned into the Planter Podcast, where we focus on faith, growth, and lifestyle. This is a podcast that propels both men and women to live their God-given purpose one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Damia Shodi, and I am so grateful that you have tuned in to the Planter Podcast. Hey everybody, it is your girl Damia Shodi, the host and the creator of the Planter Podcast, um, where we focus on helping millennials um, find their purpose and then also walk through their purpose through community. So I want to introduce you all to my guest today and then also I guess some housekeeping things before we start the episode. So on this episode, we're going to be talking about how you can unlock your potential Um, the potential maybe you thought you never had, and then how to maximize that or maximize your gifts and talents so you end up living a fulfilling life, and then also helping those around you. So to speak with me on this episode, I have my girl, Rochelle Gapair. So Rochelle is an attorney, Amazon bestselling author, and happiness coach known for bringing her charismatic personality and sheer joy for living to every experience and individual she encounters. Rochelle's mastered the art of living life fully and passionately. The release of her first book, One Happy Thought at a Time, 30 Days to a Happier You, cements her lifelong practice of adding more happiness to this world by empowering others with the tools and the techniques that can help them lead happier, more fulfilling lives. And Rochelle believes in living a life that is engaging at every level and utilizes practical techniques to teach audiences her unique approach to living a happy life. Yo, Rochelle is amazing. We had such an awesome conversation and she really breaks down um, for us you know, how to see the value of what we have to offer and how to make decisions daily to live um, a better, fulfilling life. And yeah, to just live really our best life. So you're really going to enjoy this podcast. If you're somebody who is wondering what is it that I have to offer and does anybody care what I have to offer um, this world and how do I, you know, put my talents out there um, to be useful to this world, trust me. Um, this is the podcast that you are going to love. Okay, let's talk business. All right, second thing, second thing that I need from y'all, or second thing that I need is if you are a listener to the podcast and you have not left a review, I'm I'm a little shocked. Okay, um, if you are adamantly listening to the podcast, I would really appreciate you to leave a review on Apple Podcast. Um, it's really simple. Uh, maybe I'll even upload a video on my Instagram to show you how if you don't know. But the more reviews that this podcast has, the more people will be able to see the podcast and listen. So if you want people more people to be a part of, you know, this planter family, this in I don't know, this the planter, the planties, whatever people like to call it, um, leave a review for the podcast. It would just make the podcast more well known. Second thing is I have a survey at the end, like in the description box, if you scroll down below this episode, um, a survey that kind of just helps me know who you are and how I can better provide for you. And then also when, you know, trying to get sponsors. 
that's literally at the like below this episode i would really appreciate it it's really going to help me out and it's going to help me make this show even better so yeah those are the two things that i wanted to say before we start i i know that you're going to enjoy the episode i'm not hoping i know that you're going to enjoy it it was really good we had a good time talking i really learned a lot from her and yeah the episode is going to start now all right everybody we are back on the planter podcast So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about um, unlocking your potential so you maximize your talent. So ultimately, you live a fulfilling life that makes an impact in this world. And I am not the only one going to be speaking about this topic today, but I have my amazing, amazing guest to speak about this, and that is Rochelle Gapier. Hi, how are you? Hello, Rochelle. Thank you so much for coming on the episode. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Perfect. So I kind of gave a little introduction about you prior, but I would like for you to tell us who you are and what you do in your own words. Okay, so I am an attorney. I've been practicing law for since 2005. So that's now what, 14 years. Yes, I'm about to to be practicing 14 years while the time flies. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm also an author. I'm an Amazon best-selling author and I'm a happiness coach. And so I um, was born in DC. I was raised in Jamaica until high school. I left Jamaica when I was 17 and I headed to um, Nashville for undergrad. <laughs> Excuse me. And then after leaving Nashville, I moved to Miami in 2002 for law school at the University of Miami. So, yeah, I've been living in Miami ever since. And I love it here. I travel very, very often. And I'm passionate about a whole bunch of things. So, I, you know, I'll get to them throughout the conversation. But, yeah, that's just a little bit about me. I love life and I live fully every single day. And um, I believe in maximizing my potential. So I was so happy that this was a topic that we decided to talk about. Yes, me too. And y'all, you need to check her Instagram. She's lit. <laughs> I can see your Instagram. You're like, ooh, child, where are you going today? What you doing today? So it's true. Yeah, somebody asked me yesterday. They're like, oh, you're in Miami? They thought I lived in Kingston. And I was really? like, uh, no, I live in Miami. Yeah, <laughs> But I travel, you know, back and forth to Jamaica pretty often. But yeah, I am based in Miami. I live here. Perfect. So kind of tell us, how did you become the happiness coach? Tell us from the beginning. How did you coin yourself the happiness coach? So, you know, it's interesting how life can just throw you curveballs. As I said earlier, I was practicing law and I've been practicing law for, um, what, now since 2005, so 14 years. And so I, um, I knew from my first semester in law school that that wasn't necessarily what I was called to do. And my whole life up until that point, I started law school when I was 21 years old. And my whole life up on, on, until that point, I, didn't, I couldn't imagine doing anything else but being an attorney. So once I started law school, I thought, okay, well, this is interesting. I love learning, but the traditional practice of law, it wasn't for me. And I knew it, but I'd already started and I was going to finish, you know, obviously, because I started, I was just like, okay, I'm going to finish. I didn't know what else I'd do. And I figured I could just create different opportunities through having a law degree. So I practiced family law for like two years. And then I went into healthcare law. 
um, a job just miraculously opened up for me in that field. And so I've been practicing healthcare law since. And so over the last maybe three years, I really kept asking the question, why, why, why? And I would say it started maybe around 2015, I started getting a little unsettled, like, okay, there has to be more for me. Like, yes, I enjoy law. It gives me the opportunity to learn and meet people and it challenges me, but I knew there was a bigger purpose for me. And so I started questioning, praying a lot about it. God, there's something more that you put me on this earth for, and I need you to reveal it to me. And so I've always been a people person. I'm very outgoing. I'm an extrovert introvert in the sense when I'm outside in the public, I could make friends with anybody. But I also enjoy me time. I'm the only child and I like to be, you know, in the confines of my home. I love to just be alone. I like to read. I like to journal. And so I was in a long-term relationship, right? And around that time, 2015, 2016, you know, um, a cousin, my cousin um, was killed tragically. And I started really questioning and pressing into the question of why am I here even more? And so he was 28 years old. And I remember thinking while I saw him at his funeral, I said, you know, God, I need to know what it is that I'm here for. Yes, I'm doing law. Yes, I have a content life, but I knew I wanted more. And so because he died at 28, and at that time I was, what, 34, I think, I was just like, okay, well, clearly he had all these dreams that he died with. And so it made me even more... um passionate or wanting to find out more about what my true purpose was. So lo and behold, the 2016 came, I was in a long-term relationship. At that point, we'd been together five years and, you know, the relationship just pretty much ran its course. And so because of the breakup, I was in a place where I was just like, okay, I've always been a very happy person. My happiness, you know, I always ask people on a scale to, from one to 10, where would you rank your happiness at different seasons in your life? And for me, my whole life, I've always ranged eight to 10. I can't think of a time where I wasn't eight to 10, right? And so it was the summer 2016, because of the breakup, the transition of moving from, okay, being in a relationship with somebody who I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with, the whole relationship blows up in my face. I, I got to a point where I was like, okay, wow, I'm now at like a four, five, six. And I was waking up thinking, oh my God, how did I get here? How did my life get here? So for two months, I was really in that space and I pressed into the presence of God like I never did before. When I tell you I was praying around the clock, God, why, 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 why? Let me know, let me know, let me know. I literally prayed prayed without seizing. Every single moment I had a quiet time, whether walking to work, driving in my car, walking to lunch, I was just pressing in and I journaled more than I'd ever journaled in my life. And I've been prayer journaling since I was 17. So through that season, you know, people, friends, acquaintances, colleagues who knew us as a couple, they would see me and they'd ask, how are you doing? And, I, and you know, of course, I knew it was out of concern, but most of them were asking me the question with such like a pity. Oh, are you okay? And I guess I should tell you, at that point, I was 35 years old. So a 35-year-old woman walking away from a relationship, you know, of course, society has all these you know, pressures that they try to place on us. Oh, you have to have kids by this age. Oh, you have to get married by this age. And so as people would ask me this question, I would say to them, I mean, 
I'm hurt by the breakup, but I am alive. I have a job. I have a career. I have my family. I have my friends. I'm blessed. I'm healthy. So yes, there was one thing in my life that was bad, but my entire life wasn't bad. And so along the way, people kept saying to me, wow, you have amazing perspective. You need to write a book. And I will say, I love to read. I am a avid reader, a voracious reader. I love books. And so I always knew I'd write a book. I just didn't know what I was going to write my book about. So in that season that was the valley or a dark season in my life, that's when my purpose started becoming clear to me. So as people kept saying, well, you have really good perspective. You should write a book. I had an aha moment and I was just like, okay, God, I get it. This is what you want me to do next. And so I am an eternal optimist. I've always been a very glasses full kind of person. The glass is overflowing. And even if the glass isn't full, if the glass is half empty, I'm just grateful that I have a glass. And so it was through that season of my life, the dark period of my life, that my true purpose was birth. So I started working on my book. I, 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 I was bold. I went to my job to my boss and I told her, listen, I'm in a transitionary stage of my life. I'm trying to figure out what it is I need to the next. And she said to me, well, how about you move to a different office? And I told her, well, I don't necessarily want to move to a different office because I'm bringing my same self anywhere I go. If I move to DC, if I move to Irvine, wherever, I'm still the same old Rochelle. And so I told her, no, I need time off. And because of my bravery and my courage, I, I took a bet on me. I was just like, I need this time off. And so I ended up getting a time off from work. I went in asking for unpaid time off. I walked out with paid time off. I asked for five weeks unpaid. I ended up walking out, having seven weeks paid leave. I took the time. I went to Oxford University. A best friend of mine, she's a dean there, and she's a Rhodes Scholar also. And so... I went there in 2017, and for seven weeks, I worked on my book. I was completely in a new environment, worked on my book. And through working on my book, and at that point, I knew the book would be how to find your joy in spite of life's disappointments. I just had a very general idea of what the book was about. Got to Oxford, and every single day I committed to writing a paragraph or two, and the book just started to take life. And through working on the book, I enjoyed um, writing it so much that I started doing research about happiness because I said, you know, God, I mean, yes, there has to be something why I'm predisposed to handling this life upheaval this way. And then I discovered the positive psychology movement. And to be fair, I am a psychology major um, in undergrad as a psychology major, but the positive psychology movement hadn't been birthed yet. And so while I'm doing my research, I'm like, oh my God, there's a positive psychology movement and they're teaching you the science of happiness. And I just became totally like enthralled with the whole movement. And so that's how I became a happiness coach. I decided, okay, I'm going to get my certification. I'm going to learn everything possible about happiness, the science of happiness. And through that season, I wrote my book, which became an Amazon bestseller. The first day it was released. And so I will say that the last 
two years. Last 2018 literally blew my mind. 2017, I got still and I really pressed into the reason why, the question why. And so now I'm literally living the manifestation of all the blessings that God promised me that if I was obedient to him and I moved on from a situation in 2016 that wasn't serving me and had run its course, he would literally open the floodgate to heaven on my life, which is what he has done. 2017 proved it, 2018 proved it. And so now here I am, 2009, talking to you about my purpose and sharing it with other people, how you can use whatever, whatever season you're in, whatever closed door that you're ever faced with to propel you to a better or different or a more mature, wiser version of who you are. So that's my story in a nutshell. Michelle, (laughs) I loved it. I was just, um, I was just snapping my hands like, yes, 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 yes. I like, wow. I don't know. I loved your story. Um, there were two things that I picked up from what you were saying. Um, first thing was, just how did I even say it? Cause I wrote it down here. Um, you didn't stay comfortable. Like you realize that, Oh, like things are not working for me and something needs to change. Um, yes. and I, and I'm learning that now because all my life I've been pretty comfortable. So mm-hmm. now I understand that, you know, when you're tired of being sick and tired and just yes. seeing what is around and taking that as like, it's okay. Um, you got up and you, and then another thing and i think this is a major one um pain can make you want more in life oh so, yes. yeah like in the roughest seasons and you know i wanted to encourage people that you know don't disqualify your most painful seasons because a lot of good things like a lot of your even your purpose can be birthed from um seasons that just look so dreary like I was absolutely yeah like I was relating to you so much on um you know wanting more out of life especially being quiet and still before God like I've talked about even my own story before how this platform got birthed but I was just really tired of uh, just getting up studying and going back to sleep every day and doing the same thing over and over again and then actually losing my best friend too helped me understand Mm. that there's more to life like he only made it to 23 and i'm Whoa. like yeah and I, and you know after that season and after um you know healing i was like no there's more there's more to do there's no way that life starts for me at in my late 30s cuz that's when i expected you know my career to finally take off and all that and all that stuff but i related to you so much and i'm mm-hmm. girl we could even stop the <laughs> podcast right now <laughs> So we can just drop the mic and keep it moving. Yes. Right? I love yes. it. I love it. So the thing is, you know, um, what you were saying about just fair, I think at the end of the day, fair causes us to play small. We get comfortable and, you know, we start and I will be clear about this. When you're younger, you will take risks. You will go out on a playground and talk to a friend, met friends. Or like me, I got up at 17 and I moved to Nashville, Tennessee. I never knew anybody at my college. I had family in Nashville. So the younger you are, you're more willing to take these risks, right? And so the older that we become, we start allowing society to dictate 
the box that we keep ourselves in. And so I always challenge people to think, and I, I, I have a chapter in my book about this. What would eight-year-old you do? Because there's something about that age when you're like eight and 10 and you have this childlike wonderment. You're willing to just take chances. You're willing to take bold risks, right? And so we start, we get older and we start thinking, oh my gosh, we become, you know, overcome with fear and we just start playing it so safe. And so we realize that we start living the same year over and over and calling it a life. But really, we were not put on this earth to live a mediocre life. Okay. We were put on this earth to live an abundant life. Okay. You know, and so there's no lack of blessings. There's no lack of favor. There's no lack of goodness. And, you know, I always say, why not you? Why not you to have the best podcast in the world? Why not you to have the best selling book? Why not you to be the Olympic superstar? There's nothing different from me or you or anybody else that precludes us from being our absolute best in whatever it is God called us to do. The only thing is, is that we have to take the bet on ourselves. Mm. We have to be, you know, and it's what you said, you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. You get to the point where you say, you know what, there has to be more. And you know that there's more, especially now, I love social media for this reason, because it makes, it gives you a glimpse into other people's life. I don't like it for the social comparison aspect of it, because I don't believe you should be comparing yourself to anybody else, because we're all on a different journey. But what I do love about it is that you see that people your age, your colors, your race, your whatever, they have transcended boundaries. If they can do it, so can you. God didn't just give them the blessing. God could give you that same blessing too. If she's 35 and happily married with kids, I can be 35 and happily married with kids. And so that's why jealousy is such a um, bad quality. Because rather than be jealous of people, we should use other people's testimony and their story to encourage us. Because seeing them do it should allow us and let us know that if God is able to do it for them, he absolutely could do it for us too. Yes, 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 and yes. That was actually a major lesson or um, a lot of what you were just saying were major lessons for me this week. Um, you know, during my quiet time, learning about what it really means to be abundant. Like when Jesus said that I came to give them life and life more abundantly, more abundantly. like what does that actually mean? It's like abundance and prosperity in every area of your life. Um, not just yes. in your finances, but in your resources. And what do your resources look like? Your talents, your gifts, your energy, your spirituality, like everything that <coughs> encompasses you, abundance in all areas. Like I was about to even put a post on social media saying, I mean, you can live a mediocre life if you want to, because it's a choice. Yeah. It is a choice. It is, it a, choice. is a choice. And it's it is sad. a choice. It, yeah. It's a choice. And it's sad to see that, Sometimes a lot of Christians do live a mediocre lifestyle. I'm going to just say it. I mean, yes. it is what it is. Like, you know, I think, and I, and I, and I get the trap. I think a lot of it is we are like, we're going to wait on God, right? Oh, I'm praying yes. to try to understand and wait on God. But what I've learned, because I've done that too, what I've learned is you waiting on God is almost like a facade of fear. Like it's like a cover up. Yes. Like, oh, I'm yes. gonna keep waiting. I'm gonna keep waiting, and then nothing happens. And five years go by, ten years go by. I can't hear from God. I don't understand what's happening, and all this and all that. But just going back to the first thing that God told you to do, 
the first nudge or if you feel like God told you to do something, I go by the um, idea now, pray as you push. So if you yes. feel that God said, do this, pray, but keep going, like do something. Like if that means exactly. writing an email to somebody, picking up the phone to call somebody, going to an event, you know what I'm saying? Like in your case, you, you know, you spoke with your friend who was at the university that you went to. Like you spoke to her, you took the time to actually reach out and then you were able to get such an, a great opportunity or even just speaking with your boss and telling your boss, like you took a step, you took a leap. Exactly. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works yes. is dead. You know, we also have to do our part. God has given us free will in order to also do our part. Yes, there are parameters and there are rules that, you know, and commandments that we follow as Christians. But that's the whole point of God giving us free will and giving us talents. Yes. So we have to make use of our gifts that God gives us. And so I am a firm believer that when we stand in our truth, we liberate other people to do the same. And so your friends seeing you, Danny, having the courage to do the podcast, you have now liberated so many other people to live their dream. I get messages every day from people, oh, Ro, you inspired me. You were able to pivot. Something that should have like demoralized you or make you so sad, you used it to propel you to the next level. And so there's no limit. Like you could reinvent yourself 30 times in a lifetime. And yeah. so I speak to, um, you know, teenagers and at high schools quite often. And that's one of the things I tell them. I said, listen, you could be a dancer. Then you could be, you could dance on Alvin Ailey. Then you could decide to get your law degree. And then after you do your law degree, you could decide that, oh, you want to open up a hair salon. No, but there's nothing. You can do three, four, six, seven, eight, nine things in a lifetime. No, but that and that's why I go back to what you know I said about the whole societal pressures and constraints is that we think we have to live a life that people are projecting on us, but they're not us. You have to live your life for you. When you put your head on the pillow at night, how do you feel? And when you wake up in the morning, how do you feel? Bob or Jenny or whoever else isn't living your life. You are living your life. And the worst thing is to get back, get to a certain age, 60, 70, and then you reflect and you're like, wow, I wish I just lived life, my life on my terms sooner. And I think that's one of the lessons, you know, I think the sooner people realize that, listen, we're all in this thing together. We're all on our own journey. We're all human beings. We all make mistakes. We all have fear. But guess what? You have to take the onus. The onus is on you to choose daily the life that you want to create for yourself. And so you're not living for your mom. You're not living for your dad. You're not living for your best friend. You have to get still and figure out what kind of life, what is important to me? What are my values? What makes me tick? What am I passionate about? Figure it out because the sooner that you figure it out, I tell you, it's a joy that nobody can steal or take from you. And it doesn't matter whether you're in the valley, on the peaks, whatever. If you know you're living your truth, whatever season you're in, you'll be comfortable in your skin. And that truly is really what matters. Mm. Um, there are two things that I picked up from what you said. Um, you can reinvent yourself 30 times in a lifetime. And I love that. I think... Um, yeah, you're right. Society, man. Like, because people ask you at a young age, so what do you want to be when you grow up? 
Yes. What do you want to be yes. when you grow up? But it's usually just one thing that they're yes. expecting from you. So you think that you have to follow through with that one thing. And then you get chained to that one thing for so many mm-hmm. years. And, you know, it's so like if you've been going one path and this is part of my story too, going one path and then figuring out that that path is just not for you. It can take, you know, some time to understand what do you want? I mean, for months I sat down and I was like, what do I want? What do I like? What does my life look like? What gives me satisfaction? What will I do? What will I not do? Like all those questions. And it does require labor. Like it does require mental labor, spiritual labor, physical labor at times to figure out what you want, but it's so worth it. And the thing is, you may go one direction one day, but you can go another direction another day. And that's okay. Yeah. And it's okay. Fail. I wish we would embrace failure more because failure, and I will say this, I, I prided myself on having a winning streak my whole life. I had all these lists about what I wanted to do and it always worked out in my favor. But it's so interesting that the thing that I quote unquote failed at, the relationship that I thought was going to be the dream guy and get married or whatever, the quote unquote failure is what propelled me into my purpose. Yeah. And so rejection sometimes, you know, rejection is God's protection. Failure is a stepping stone to reinvent yourself. Yes. So, okay, yes, you get to a roadblock. You just find a different route on the highway. If you're driving to Orlando and oh, 95 is blocked off, you don't just turn back and go home. You say, no, let me figure out the, the next route, the next route. And so as a result, I think we should look on life in that way. If something doesn't work out, one door doesn't open, it doesn't mean, okay, that's it. Throw your hands up in the air and just give up. And that's the end of the story. no. Figure out a different way to maneuver so you could get to your destination. And so that's it. You know, stop looking on failure as the end all be all. All of us in our entire lives will fail at something at some point. Embrace your failure and use it to propel you to the next level of greatness. Mm. That's good. <laughs> that's what they say. What yeah. I went to. That's good. <laughs> oh, you ain't never lie, Rochelle. You ain't never lie. And the second yeah. thing that you said I loved was um, that you can choose the life you want to live daily. I thought that was so good. Like, it's in the little decisions that we make every day that lead up mm-hmm. to bigger things. Yes. Yeah, every that. single day, every single day, because every see, listen, the present is all that we have this moment right now. This is all we have. This is what I can do in right now. I can't change anything that happened yesterday. I can plan for my future. I don't know if I'll wake up in the morning tomorrow. Right. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, when you wake up, you are making choices Minute by minute, hour by hour, what you want, how you're going to allow people or things to influence you. And so you are in control. And I, I, you know, I think we over or we don't play how much power we have. We literally are the architects of our story. Of course, God divinely orchestrates our steps. But listen, you determine, do I want to get somewhere early? You set your alarm if you want to get to the place early. You set out your course a day to get to that place early. You don't just wing it. You figure it out. And so little by little, the, the, the clearer you become about your decisions, the more powerful you are. You are not, stop letting life happen to you. You need to happen to life. 
So I wake up in the mm. morning and I decide what kind of day I want to have. And I set the tone for my day. I know, like, there are certain things that I absolutely don't do when I wake up. When I wake up, I tune into my gratitude practice. I do not watch the news in the morning because I don't know what is going to be fed into my spirit and that whatever I see on TV can dictate my mood. Oh, my God, a building blew up or kids got shot at a school. Those things are so heavy. Of course, I care about current events and things that are going on. But when I wake up in the morning, I choose to renew my mind. I choose to tap into my gratitude practice. I don't go on Instagram. I don't care about anybody's feed. I set the tone for how I want my day to be. Once I set the tone for my day, I walk out in the world and I am able to conquer whatever comes my way. And if I don't start my day with my gratitude practice or my morning devotional or just me time, just to settle my spirit, I will walk out there and, you know, a whole flurry of things could happen. But I already chose what kind of day I'm going to have when I wake up. So even if I get to work and I get I come across a grumpy coworker, it's okay. I'm just like, okay, well, I already set my tone for my day. You can be over there be miserable, but I'm not going to entertain it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think in our day-to-day -day actions, if we're more cognizant and we're more present about what it is that we're doing, that we will realize how much more power that we have than we really think that we do. So mm -hmm. this is actually a question that I got from one of my listeners. It was, how do you make what you're good at valuable to other people? So I guess this is in the context of if you are trying to create some kind of platform or business or just something, how do I let people see that I have value? Okay, well, do you value yourself? So at the end of the day, do you value yourself? Do you believe in your product? Do you believe in your service? And excellence is something that is through and through. Excellence, yes. nobody can dispute excellence. Okay. And so what I say is if you're starting anything, whether it is showing up at the meeting on time, returning the emails that your customers are sending you, you have to be excellent. And also who who is the person who is doing the thing that you want to do the best in your field? So for instance, I love Oprah Winfrey. I love the brand that she's created. And so I admire her. I'm inspired by her. If you want to be a cardiologist, who is the best cardiologist in the field? Have you studied their story? Success leaves clues. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. So one, absolutely, you need to be excellent in whatever you're doing. You have to believe in your product or your service. If you don't believe in your product or service, why should I? And so I have a friend who wrote a book and she rarely ever promotes or markets her book. And I said, well, if you're not proud of your product or if you're not showcasing your product, why would I want to buy it? You are your own brand ambassador for whatever it is that you're doing. And so whether it is the nursing home that you're opening or the school that you're building, how are you speaking about that project? Are you going around being lackluster about it or are you passionate about it? People can tell when you're passionate about something. So I would say excellence for sure. Do a comparison about other products like yours on the market who is the premier leader in your field? Nike, of course, the Just Do It logo and the Just Do It feel, it, it does something to us as a population as a whole. 
Think about the companies that, ha that have had longevity in whatever it is that you're trying to do and do your research. Google, everything is on Google. You, we underestimate that we can connect with any product service on Google at any point. And so people are not going to spoon feed things to you. You have to go out and seek information, set up informational meetings or coffee meetings with people. How did you start your podcast? How did you write your book? Ask questions. And so how you become valuable or how you how you produce a valuable product or service is that you have to tap into what it is that people need or want. So you may think it's a good idea, but really and truly, is there a market for what it is that you're doing? And if indeed there is a market for what it is that you're doing or a niche for what it is that you're doing, then decide that you're going to do it, but you're going to give it your all and you're going to be excellent while doing it. And so that's how I believe we create value. Great advice. And another question I got was, when do you know something is just a hobby or something that you should invest in further? Well, it depends on how passionate you are about it. So to piggyback on the answer that I just gave you, listen, is there a need for what it is that you're doing? Because it's true. Like, how are you spending your time? If you know that you want to make money doing something and it's a hobby is you're not really making money from your hobby. But if this is supposed to be a lucrative business, then there has to be some return on your investment. So of course, I think there's a statistic that says, you know, it takes businesses like three years to show the return on investment, but you also are going to get out what you put in. So if you're doing your thing pretty half, you know, asked or lackluster, then let's be fair. You're, you know, you reap what you sow. So if you're sowing lackluster laziness or whatever, then you're going to get lackluster results. So if you are going hard for what it is that you're doing, making connections, networking, being excellent at what you're doing, and you prayed about this and you know you're called to do this thing, keep at it. Keep at it. Because a lot of times there are certain things you'll start off in one direction and then through doing it, you realize, oh, I need to pivot to the next thing. Or you may see another door or another need that needs to be, a door that needs to be walked through or a need that needs to be fulfilled. How long have you been doing the thing? Have you done a business plan? Have you spoken to maybe a business coach, a success coach? Have you gotten a mentor in the field? Use your resources. You don't have to sit around and suffer in silence with your business plan or your idea. There are so many tools available and accessible to us, whether through YouTube, I mean, the internet, all these articles, Success Magazine. So I think give it a full faith effort to see if your um, idea will materialize and only you within your true being can know if it's just something that you're wasting your time on or if you need to really and truly pour more of your um, energy into the product or the service. And I'm a true believer in having accountability partners mm -hmm. and having mentors who are better than you or who know more than you or who have lived longer than you or who are wiser than you and ask them questions and put your ego aside. Listen, people will be fair. They'll give good advice. You know, and so I'm not saying that you're going to go talk to a mentor and they say, oh, that's a terrible idea. You're just going to throw your hands up. Obviously, you have to take advice with a grain of salt, but you need to build a kind of like a brain trust. Who are three people who you can 
start shooting ideas by and learning from them. Mm. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that. Um, you know, the Bible says it. Iron sharpens iron. Okay. You know, who are the five people that you're spending the most time with? If you're on the phone talking to Debbie Donor all day, guess what? You're about, you're about to be Debbie Donor too. And there is another statistic that says your income is a reflection of also the five people that you're talking to. Or spending the majority of your time with. If you are around people who dream really big, all of a sudden you realize you start dreaming bigger too. But if mm-hmm. you're around people living paycheck to paycheck, complaining about debt every day, not making any money moves, sooner or later you just also become complacent. Also, you are uh, you are the sum of the people you're spending the most time with. Go through your phone. Who are you talking to? What are you reading? What are you consuming? Are you spending all your time on the shade room? I like the shade room, but I only allot a certain amount of time to look on the shade room. But you better believe I wake up every morning and I'm in my Bible. I'm reading Success Magazine, success.com. I'm reading books by Brendan Burchard. You know, like I keep myself, you know, full of ideas and articles and, you know, information that literally challenges me to think outside the box. This, I think, would be really helpful for people. Um, what are some habits you suggest people should develop to maximize their talent? Okay, I love that you asked the questions that I kind of just, like, touched on. But, um, oh, that's true. No, 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 You're it's right. good. Be- no, 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 because, no, it's perfect because we get to reinforce it, right? <laughs> and right. so, because, you know, you need to hear things over and over again. So, I, I, something that works well for me, I love to-do lists whether I put it in my notes on my iPhone or I write them down. And there's something about crossing out things off your to-do list. And then, you know, there's a book like you eat the frog, you do, <coughs> excuse me, you do the things first that you don't necessarily want to do and you just get it out of the way or whichever way you choose to tackle your to-do list. So I always say small wins gives you the momentum to the, to get big wins. Right. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's wake up in the morning. So there's, as I said, there are certain things that I do from I wake up. And so you need to come up with, with your routine. I love to run. I ran my first half marathon last year. It was a bucket list Ooh, item. Thank you. <laughs> While running, I realized it gave me good ideas, right? So that's a habit I have now formed that I run. I try to run at least, you know, maybe six, seven, eight miles in a week. Because while I run, I get really good ideas. So you have to become very cognizant of the habits that are working for you. Working out. Most successful people have an exercise routine. If your body is not healthy, you are unable to fulfill your goals and your dreams. In order to maximize your potential, you must be healthy. So I exercise. I try to exercise four times a week. I, um, I read a lot. I am very, 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 very mindful of the information that I'm allowing to come into my space, into my energy pool in my mind. So I, um, wake up, you know, I read the Huffington Post and, you know, I choose what I read and what I listen to. So mm. habits such as keeping up with current events, cause you need to have a pause on what's going on. Um, I work out, I exercise a lot. I'm very disciplined in the sense of I do slack off sometimes, but my things to do list keep me very focused. And so I love to have a theme for my month, right? So I'll say, okay, February, 
Yeah, February is flourishing February or whatever. You know, whatever theme I choose to give it. And I figure out my overarching theme. The thing is, a lot of times you have this, oh, this entire year, oh, my 2019 goals. But no, break them down into smaller, more attainable things. Because sometimes when you look on the big thing, it overwhelms you. And then you don't do anything at all. So break down your goals, whether it's, okay, my February goals, February has 28 days. All right, this is what I'm going to try to accomplish the first week of February. And then the second week of February. Because the good thing is that after you do the first week of February, you reflect on what you did in, Feb in the first week. And it gives you the momentum to do what you need to do the second week. And then the third week. And I will say another habit that I will suggest, and I guess it's just a life skill, do not compare your journey to anybody else's. You are running your own race. I repeat, you're running your own race. Listen, you can be inspired by other people, but ultimately you need to focus on yourself. You know your pace. You know what you need to accomplish. You know your dreams. God gave you your vision for a reason. So, if Amy says she's reading five books a month, listen, you may not have the time to read five books a month because you may be married, you may have children, you may be in a month-long stressful period at work. No, choose your goals based on your life, not on anybody else's. That will free you up because if you're co constantly comparing yourself, oh my God, this person gets up and works out at 4 a.m. If 4 a.m. doesn't work for you, then don't do it. You don't need to do that. What time in your day does working out work for you? Then do it at your time. You know what I mean? So developing habits is definitely a very personal thing. I will say the majority of successful people, they all exercise. They add exercise to their, to their, to their daily routines. Maybe not every day, but they're working out at least three to four times a week. And you need to be healthy to accomplish your goals. And you can never read enough. Knowledge is power. The more information that you're reading and feeding your brain, the better you will be. It keeps you sharp. And if you are constantly learning, you will always have new ideas. And you will be challenged, you know, to try things outside of the box. And I will say, try to meet people who are different from you. We are so used to just staying comfortable. If you always watch CNN, turn on MSNBC. If you always read Huffington Post, maybe you need to tune into Fox News. Learn how other people are thinking. Those so are, those are just a little bit of nuggets I would suggest, you know? I yeah. mean, we could be here all night on those. <laughs> no, those are really great tips. Yeah, I like that you have a theme for every month. I never thought about that. Yeah, it helps. I that love it. So and I get cute. excited. I get really excited about my themes, girl. Hmm. And, and, and I actually share it on Instagram. Hmm. And I encourage people to come up with their own too and, you know, to tell me what their themes are. Because when you set the tone, there's something about, there's a, there's a power in words and there's the power of intention. And so if you are like, okay, in January, I'm going to manifest this thing and I'm going to focus on that. You'll be surprised how the universe will conspire to meet you in that space. Oof. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah. It works. Yes. It works. Oh, it works. Mm -hmm. If you had one seed to plant, what would that be? So like a life lesson that you live by or something 
you know, everybody should know from your opinion or from your perspective? Uh, there are so many, but um, for one, I mean, for me, my faith is the foundation of everything. I am a believer. I've been saved since I was 14 years old, and then I became saved again at 17. And so God has has been the constant in my life through and through. I was going to Sunday school as a little girl. God is the foundation of my joy, of my happiness, right? But in that, in the rooting and for something, because everybody, I understand they aren't believers and I respect everybody's religious preference, but self-love, when you love yourself, if you could just get that equation sorted, when you love yourself, you wake up every day and you choose you because it doesn't matter what life sends to you. You will always put yourself first. You absolutely cannot pour from an empty tank. If you are not okay, nothing around you, no money that you make, no car that you buy, no friends that you have, no boyfriend or husband that you have will ever make you feel good enough. And so if you love yourself and my self-love is absolutely rooted in what God told me about myself. He told me as fearfully and wonderfully made, perfect in his image. And I believe him. And I've believed that since I was very young. Every good thing that has happened in my life literally comes through the lens of self-love. I do not allow people to mistreat me because I love myself, whether at work, whether in relationships, whether in friendships. I walk out in the world every day in bold confidence of who I am. And so I can't, I can't, I don't know how I could say it anymore than love yourself. You have one self. You're unique. When you think about the miracle that you are and what it took to get you here for you to be born, you are a living, walking billboard of God's goodness. And so if you accept that you're somebody who is so special, so valuable, so just wanted, you would just, every single decision that you make from this day forward would be grounded in goodness. And so your purpose, your passions, you would make decisions through the lens of does this, how does this make me feel? How do, does this make me better? Will it make me feel good? And if it's not making you feel good, work, the relationship, the friendships, whatever, you will do away with them. Because when you love yourself, you only allow goodness to come into your life. And so I believe that self-love, it, 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 it is the foundation of everything. Self-belief, you know, accomplishments, everything stems from that place. When you love yourself, you treat yourself well, you'll eat good food, you'll make healthy life decisions, you'll surround yourself with people and environments that make you feel good. And so self-love work on that. That is my key, my major key suggestion. The one thing I could say, wake up every day, look in that mirror and you may be struggling with that. I realize that it's a hard thing because society and the world projects all these things about what you should be, how you should look or whatever. Work on it. Go in that mirror every single morning and say, I love you. Rochelle, I love you. Danny, I love you. And 
Think about the things that you love about yourself, not just general. I love your lips. I love your eyes. I love your hair. I love your skin. Love yourself. The more you love yourself, the better you'll become. And then you'll only surround yourself with things that make you feel good. And your life just prospers from that for that place. So anything that's not serving you, you're okay to release it because it doesn't align with what you know to be true about who you are, that you really do deserve God's best, that you really do deserve to feel peace and joy and that you have one precious life, literally one. You'll not get any do-overs. And so you'll make all your decisions from that place. Girl. <laughs> That was so beautiful, beautiful life lesson. Um, you just explained self-love so well and why we need self-love and where it really comes from. Mm -hmm. And really, it stems from our identity in Christ and truly believing um, what he says about us. And then, yeah, walking into the world and just letting that be like, I am who he says that I am. Therefore, I deserve these things. I love it. Exactly. Love exactly. It. Are there any resources that you'd recommend, any books, podcasts, apps? Um, and tell us where we can connect with you. So, um, so, of course, you should buy my book, One Happy Thought at a Time, 30 Days to a Happier You. If you're not an avid reader, you could also buy my journal. It has like action, action items, um, quotes throughout it. And, it, it, you know, a lot of mindfulness exercises. I um I love Oprah. I go to Oprah.com a lot to read her articles. I love Super Soul Sunday on Sundays. It's, it's amazing. It always feeds my spirit. Um, what else? I um, you know, it's interesting. I'm not much of a po podcast person. I love to read. So I, mm -hmm. I'm not a big listener. I'm a big reader. So Success Magazine is something that I read um, pretty much every single day. Um, I read the entire Bible last year. I'm Ooh. reading the New Testament this year. So that's also um, an, a, a great resource. Every time you pick up the Bible, you learn something new. I mean, I've learned so much. Um, what other... What other... Um, I'm always just pretty much, you know, a, a big thing for me is I, I like to just Google. So I, I'll Google happiness and see what articles pop up. I'll Google love and see what articles pop up. I just like to read. I'm not a, I wouldn't say I'm a stickler for necessarily just one source of information. I just like to find out what it is that other people are thinking. Because, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I just like to learn. I'm a, I, I lo I'm a lifelong learner. So Google is my place. You know, anything I want to learn about, I Google the word and then I see what pops up and then I read and I read and I click through and I just keep going. That is interesting. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I like to see how other people think. Yeah. You know, it's easy to just get, you know, conform to your world. Like, okay, I'm Jamaican. Let me talk to Jamaicans. I'm black. Yeah. Let me talk to black people. No, I want to know what... Amy is thinking in Ireland or Ahmed is thinking in Saudi Arabia. You know, I just want to know what people are thinking, you know, because it gives me ideas. So I like to live outside the box. Um, and so where you can connect with me, I am on, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, Rochelle Gaper, R-O-C-H-E-L-L-E-G-A-P-E-R-E. -E -E. And I have a website, RochelleGaper.com. And yeah. 
you know, I look forward to hearing from you, um, the listeners, the planters, <laughs> um, and getting feedback. I love to interact with people in my direct messages. People are always very surprised when I answer. And I'm like, why wouldn't I answer? You know, they're like, oh my God, you answered me. So yes, as I said, you know, I love to learn from people. So feel free to message me. Um, I may not get back to you immediately, but I do answer all my DMs. Um, and yeah, I just love people. You know, I love people. I love people. Yeah, y'all, please. I'm going to put her um, handles um, in the description below. Go and let her know how much this podcast blessed you and how much it helped you. Go reach out to her. She's actually very nice. If you haven't been able to tell, she ain't lying. She be responding to her DMs, <laughs> responding to her emails. No, Rochelle is great. So please show her some love. Um get in the dms and just tell her how this podcast helped you that would yes. make me very happy but rochelle thank you thank you thank you so much for coming on the planter um i have my notes you know what i'm saying like i have my oh, themes nice. now like i'm i'm here with you <laughs> oh, i'm here i'm so happy that you invited me to join you i really enjoyed this oh i'm so happy i'm glad that you enjoyed it and i really enjoyed listening to you and just so much knowledge you're a woman of so much knowledge and Thank you. don't ever stop talking please <laughs> Don't ever. I don't care what. I don't plan to. Yeah, girl. (laughs) I I, I know you be traveling all over the world and doing um, your workshops and your events. Continue. You you really did. I mean, let me just even say this. Like, Rochelle really sat with me for like 20 minutes one day and explained to me how all of this works, how I can do stuff like that, encouraged me and just... I mean, and she doesn't even, it's not like we're, we're so close, like we're the best of friends, but you took your time and just basically talked to a stranger and you just shared your knowledge. You weren't afraid to share your knowledge with me. And I'm so grateful for that. You're so welcome. Anytime. Yay. So guys, this is the end of the episode. Um, If you loved this podcast episode or if you love the podcast in general, please leave a review on Apple Podcast. Um, You can do that actually below this episode. Um, Leave a review because the more reviews that we get, um, the more people will know about the planter. And if you have any questions or topic ideas, DM me on Instagram. So I'm at the planter, T-H-E-P-L-A-N-N-T-E-R. I check my DM so just hit me up there and i would love to answer your questions on the podcast or get new topics so it was a pleasure being able to speak with you guys today and just put this whole podcast together i pray that it really blessed you and helps you maximize your talents so thank you again and i'll speak to you on the next episode Thank you so much for listening to the Planter Podcast. If you are absolutely loving the content that the Planter is creating, well, go ahead and subscribe to the Planter on iTunes. For more updates and staying connected with me, you can also subscribe to the Planter at theplanter.com. So that's T-H-E-P-L-A-N-N-T-E-R.com. To become a part of our community, uh, you can find us on Facebook at The Planter Community to stay connected with like-minded individuals who are trying to grow just like you. And you can find The Planter on all social media handles at The Planter. So thank you so much for listening and I'll speak to you on the next episode.